0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm Daniel alongside with me as always Shannon White. This is the uh, day after day after uh, show the hangover after Christmas and I want to say I hope everybody had a safe and happy Christmas Uh, and and to you as well Shannon how how was your Christmas?
1: Wonderful. I I love the holidays and uh, I love making memories and so we had my family all together, and and we had a, a great time. And uh, as you can see, my son got me a new Cam Hayward jersey. Nice. So I wanted to wear it and let everybody see it. And, um, but uh, yeah, it, it it was just great, and and, and it was even better where the Steelers had won on Saturday.
0: Oh, I agree. It was a it was a good game on Saturday. It was a surprising game for a lot of people, especially. Uh, those that were expecting a low scoring game or a yep. low you know, <laughs> output from, from the Steelers offense. And instead, Mason Rudolph comes in, goes 17 for 27, 290 yards, two touchdowns, uh, ends up putting up a quarterback rating of 124. Uh, and in fact, was the highest quarterback rating from any quarterback uh, this week mm-hmm. in the NFL. Surprised or something you were expecting?
1: Well, a little of both. Me and you had talked for the last three weeks that when Pickett got hurt, I thought the logical choice was Rudolph because main thing, he throws a beautiful and catchable deep ball. He can hitch people on time in stride and he can work play action. Uh, and a veteran, you know, he's, he only has a handful of starts but he's a veteran and he understands the offense. He's familiar uh, and he's going to stay calmer in the pocket. Uh, we've seen him take some big hits through the years. Uh, he's he's not afraid of contact. So um, I thought it was crazy that the Cincinnati Bengals played right into his strength and that they left pickets one-on-one multiple times on the outside, knowing that that's what Rudolph's best at. And he made them pay. And he got there near the end of the game and I was like he's got 290 yards. Throw it one more time. Get 10 <laughs> more yards so the Steelers can finally have 300 yards and we don't have to hear about that anymore. But they didn't, but uh uh cuz they had a big lead, you know, it wasn't like they were risking anything, but uh I'm very happy for him. Uh I've always said that I believe he's a really quality backup quarterback. I do not believe he's a full-time starter. And I always said that if he would accept his limitations and accept his role, he could be a great backup. And there's many guys have had long successful careers being a great backup quarterback who have, you know, spot starter capabilities. Charlie Batch was a much better backup than he was a starter, but he won multiple games for the Steelers when he had to start. And I always thought that Rudolph had that same potential. and but I think that last off season humbled him that not too many people was throwing money at him or starting position. And he made the right decision, I think to come back to Pittsburgh. And now he played the game of his life on, you know, pre Christmas Eve. And um, he's become part of that backup quarterback legend like Charlie Batch and like Byron Leftwich and guys through down through the years. So, uh, I thought his post-game interview was incredibly humble, incredibly insightful, because when you went that long without any opportunities and you get one, you want to make the most of it. And he definitely did.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I thought I thought Mason did play well as as well. You know, I echo everything that you were saying. You know, as far as him being a, a potential starter somewhere, now, I don't think he'll he'll be a, a starter here if if he ends up playing well again. I think he's going to earn himself quite a bit of money, probably more money than the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be willing to pay for him this off season. And you you know what I'm saying cuz he's going to yeah. be a free agent. I don't think he's going to be worth the risk to franchise um yeah. just because it's going to be a small sample size, you know. Even if he somehow gets the Steelers into the playoffs and you know wins four games over the next, you know, or three games over the next two weeks, you know, and gets knocked out and In the in the divisional playoff year round, or even in the wild card, I mean, if he can get the Steelers into the into the playoffs, I think that that's going to earn him, you know, a starting uh, possible job somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And as far as you know, is he starter capable or not? I'm not sure. You know, this was his 11th start, you know, in the NFL. He, He has less than half the starts than Kenny Pickett does, and you know, in 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 the games that he's been in, I, I think he's been pretty average. You know, even this game here, you know, two touchdowns, 290 yards, 17 completions. That's, that's fairly average for an NFL quarterback. But I do think it was, you know, leaps and bounds better than what we've seen from the position thus far, you know, this year. And, you know, Co- Coach D hasn't come out and, you know, put it out there as far as uh, confirming it. But it does sound like Mason Rudolph is probably going to get the start this weekend against Seattle. Uh, Do you think he gives the the Pittsburgh Steelers the better chance to win versus Kenny Pickett, even if Kenny does get the uh, all clear from the medical doctors?
1: Oh, I definitely do. I think he's earned it. I think he earned it with that performance Saturday. Uh, I wrote in my article, um, the stock report, you know, he kept it simple, stupid. I mean he come out, he made accurate pre-snap reads. Uh he quickly went through his one or two progressions. The Steelers offense really doesn't have more than two progressions on any play. But he quickly went through them, got the ball out of his hands quickly and accurately. It sounds very simple, but it hasn't been for any of the Steelers quarterbacks this year. Uh the slant pass to Pickens was just a normal slant pass. Uh, but he hit him You know, he was high. Pickens went up to get it, but he was at least kept his momentum. And once he landed, he split two. You know, do you see who was chasing him? Was the two inside linebackers for the Bengals. That's no contest. (laughs) You know, that was a very simple play that went for 86 yards. And then other big completions were one-on-one that they tried to match up with Pickens and that's his strength. If you match up one-on-one on the outside, if he goes deep, he's going to burn you. And he did uh, three times in the game, so um, I believe that we're forgetting that the Steelers' only other successful offensive outing, as far as production, all three four quarters, was against the Bengals. Uh, so the the Steelers match up well with the Bengals. The Bengals have uh, the worst team in the NFL defensively, given up big plays, and that was on it was evident Saturday. And you took a guy whose best attribute is throwing the deep ball and you give him multiple opportunities. Uh, That defensive coordinator should have been relieved of duty after that game. Uh, I'm very happy he was. You know, he allowed that to happen because the Steelers needed that in a worse way. And then other things happened this weekend that gives the Steelers hope more than they had last week to still make the playoffs. So you want to have something to play for. Uh, The games that you already eliminated are very few. I think I read that Tomlin's had one game in his whole career that his team was not in the playoff contention the last week of the season. Mm -hmm. So that shows great consistency, that they're always in the running at least. And hopefully this year, if they win uh, Sunday, they will remain in the playoff uh, competition. Um, But, yeah, I couldn't be happier for Rudolph. Um, I think that he's really easily the most mature uh, the most, I mean, you're gonna think he did. I what two years or three behind Ben. Yeah. So when you're around greatness, you learn a lot. And as you said, he already had similarities to Ben. Now he wasn't going to throw off a three hundred pound defensive lineman like Ben did, or mm-hmm. do some of the crazy things to Ben did. But they did have similarities, and we've seen all that because th- we have not been able to attack downfield much this year. At all. And uh, Rudolph was able to do it multiple times. And part of that, I give credit to the defense, but part of it was Rudolph and Pickens, and they just exploited that weakness. And uh, that's what you got to do. So um, I think we're not going to learn anything about Pickett this year. Um, He's still in that same offense if he does play. Um, Even though they're calling the play-calling sequences differently, it's still Canada's offense. What are you really going to learn about Pickett? He's got the injury. Let him just – I would say him the rest of the year. Uh, or at least let him be the backup. And let Rudolph play because Rudolph gives you the best chance of winning.
0: I agree with you that Rudolph does give you the best chance to win. You know, I think that there, there was a lot to learn from Pickett this year. You know, and I think that what Mason was able to put out there – uh, this game kind of showed uh, some of the things that Pickett was missing. You know, the the areas in the zone where um, between the 20 and the hash marks, Mason was able to hit those pretty good. Uh, the deep passes down the sideline, Mason was, it was much more accurate than Pickett. You know, I think there's only been like one, maybe two deep passes uh, that Pickett has thrown. Uh, that was fairly accurate, one being against Vegas. I think there was another one. Um, maybe
1: Baltimore with the same pass that Rudolph made.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing I I saw that that Mason was doing was just kind of giving his playmakers a chance. You know, I said this last week that one thing that I thought he was going to be able to put out there was give his guys a chance with the ball in their hands. He's going to have to be able to, you know, lead the receivers, the slants, you know, those things weren't hit when Pickett was, you know, um, playing for the most part, uh, so I did see some things that were hit that were were there, that have been there. They're, they're always been there. You know, what was it? George Pickens made a statement. He said that uh, he personally he thinks that just that Mason let it rip and he just wanted to take more shots personally. So he, in my opinion, kind of said something about that. And Rudolph and, was
1: in a great situation and that it's kind of like, When Mesa Cole replaced Kendrick Green, we all looked at Mesa Cole like, he looks like he's an all-pro compared to the ineptitude of Kendrick Green. Well, Rudolph knows that, you know, Pickett has not played well. Trubisky was atrocious. So he come in and he's like, I got, you know, I could just, if I play smart, fundamental football, throw accurately, get the ball out of my hands, I'm going to look better than the other two guys. And so he was in a perfect situation. He, he he does not have a contract next year. He's a free mm-hmm. agent. He wants to put some good tape on out there, good film. And he did just that. And um, he also had played against the only defense that the stores that had success against this year, mm-hmm. uh, the team that gives up the most big plays in the NFL, and they give him everything he wanted. I, I had to explain that to somebody today in, in my article in our discussion thread that the Bengals did the opposite of Bill Belichick. When you play Bill Belichick in the Patriots, he says, what do you do good? And I'm going to take that away from you. Well, the Bengals are a lot like the Steelers defense. When they do soft zone, they just let teams do what they do best and they don't try to switch it up. And they played right into Rudolph and the Steelers hands and Rudolph made a pay. Now, listening to the comments, you would think that Rudolph had 400 yards and five touchdowns, which teams guy had one two weeks ago, had that kind of game. Uh, It was golf against, uh, I can't remember who they were playing. Might've been the Bears. But anyway, um, I would love to see that happen, but it ain't going to happen in this offense. Uh, But this offense is all going to change. This roster is all going to change. After this season, we're going to see a totally different team next year. And, a lot of my judgments I'll reserve to then uh, under a more competent uh, coaching staff. But as far as this week, going up against Seattle, the Steelers have a curse. They are one and seven all time in Seattle. Now, we're talking about teams that were went deep in the playoffs. We're talking about teams that were average or below average. It doesn't matter. The Steelers do not travel to the West Coast well especially that far. And so you've already got that working against you. You've got a team in Seattle that's going to match up much better against the Steelers than the Bengals do. And uh, have and they actually have two competent quarterbacks in Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity to give Rudolph, as you said, the hot hand. Mm-hmm. to see what he could do and break this curse. Cause I always dread when I see Seattle on the schedule there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that. And I hear you, you know, when it comes to what, what Cincinnati was trying to do, they were playing single high safety with um, <clears throat> man on the outside uh, in uh without much cushion, like press man on the outside mm-hmm. quite a bit. And what I think they were trying to do is take, the center of the field out of the game. Take Pat Fryermuth out of the game. Pat Fryermuth killed the Bengals the last yes. time they played him, yes. and this time he didn't even get a look at. So that kind of tells me that, um, what that's what they were going for, and they took him out, and and Mason kind of utilized uh, the deep part of the field. And if Seattle wants to do that, then I say, then you put Devin Bush in a situation where he's guarding a. Um, a Pat Friar in the middle of the field yep. or Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. And you run the ball at that time. So, you know, the Steelers have some options now. And now that uh, defenses can't just hone in on one or two things that they do good, um, they're going to make defenses be honest across the board. And we're going to really see, you know, what these players can do and what these um, playmakers can do, in my opinion, here pretty soon. But they you're right. already
1: burns, as- too. Oh, do they? Yeah, he he's a he plays a good bit for him. I would throw at him, and I'd run right at Bush, and I I would make him tackle Knox and Warren, uh, because I don't think he's up to it. And I would throw mm-hmm. it against him like you said uh, with Frymuth all day long. So um, they both been talking that they're excited about playing Pittsburgh. So yeah. maybe that'll give the guys more motivation to give them what they want.
0: Interesting. I I didn't hear the, the, their excitement quotes, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see those guys as well. You know, the Steelers need to uh, show up here, you know, their last few games against former Steelers haven't been the best. So (laughs) they need to turn that around as well, in my opinion. Uh, But going back quickly to, to the past game and, and Mason Rudolph, if he goes, if he does well and he puts up two touchdowns again, no interceptions protects the ball, Steelers win, you know, maybe they don't put 34 up, but they win something around 27 to, um, you know, something in the teens like 17 or something, something that's comfortable again. You know, you think that regardless of anything else, like, you know, Kenny Pickett's health, that he should be the starter going into the following week.
1: Oh yeah. I, I Like I said, I'd like to see Mason Rudolph start the rest of the year. Now, mm-hmm. again, if he comes out hostile environment, we know the curse, as I said, one and seven. Uh, if he comes out and he struggles, uh, I, I think in the first half, I think that Tomlin will quickly switch to Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if it's even possible, close enough, they could come back. Um, but if if you look at the Seattle defense, I think that Pickett, that Mason is a good matchup for them because they will challenge the receivers and. If you challenge and you don't play safety coverage over the top against Pickens, I would go to him every time mm-hmm. because there's very few guys that's going to shut him down, uh, in that situation one-on-one and especially the way Mason throws the deep ball. Um, but yeah, as we talked, they need to work the middle, uh, with Friar uh, and swing a running back through there, uh, because, one of the things is Bobby Wagner has been a great player, but he's gotten older. And I think you could take advantage of that, but um, yeah, I'm hoping Rudolph does good can lead him to a victory. And, and then you don't have no argument on that last game of the year. I think everybody should, if Rudolph can win two must wins in a row, you stick with a hot hand.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. In my opinion too, I think that if he goes out there, performs well, wins this game and, and does it in, convincing fashion maybe not even even if it, the game's closed you know the Steelers defense is riddled with injuries Miles yeah. Jack's probably going to be a you know starter in this game um, along with Blake Martinez so you know those were two guys that I don't think anybody would have thought were going to be starting at the uh, middle linebacker position in the beginning of the year but here they weren't we even are. on the team <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they weren't on anyone's team That's right. <laughs> and so uh you know, those guys are in there's still a little bit of uh, makeshift there. And, and with the uh, the safeties, I don't know if Mika is going to be back. Um, so that's going to be a question mark. You got a couple of good receivers out there for for Seattle. So it could end up being a game where points are going to matter. Oh, and, yeah. and we're going to need to put them up there. So but if he's able to do so, I, I think you got to stick with the hot hand as well. And, and move forward, especially if it's in, vic- in, in a victory. Uh, if the Steelers lose and they're no longer in playoff position, then uh, I would say put Kenny back out there just one more time to see what he got, you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. just to see what he has. And if he, um, you know, shows up kind of what we've seen the entire year, uh, then you got some decisions to make in the offseason at the position, in my opinion.
1: Well, I think they've already made it. You have to bring in competition. Now, yeah. whether it's like if Ada lost these last three games and had the top 10 pick, I think that they would have considered drafting a quarterback. They may still try to move up because we know Colin is aggressive. Uh, and if the right guy falls, you know, near them, they might try to move up to get him. Because, uh, you know, there's, you can't count anything with Kenny Pickett right now. We know absolutely nothing about him, what he will look like in a competent offense. Um And so, you're definitely bringing in competition. Now, whether that's Rudolph, as you say, if he does really, really good, he might price himself out of the Steelers market. But they're going to have to bring in another veteran, uh, a Brissette or, you know, somebody like that, a quality backup that could push him. Because Mm -hmm. you can't have another season like this because Trubisky was not the answer in any way. And you tried him out there, and you just got a turnover waiting to have him. And he can't win the games for the Steelers right now. Uh, so you're, they're going to move on from Trubisky. That's a given. Mm-hmm. So next year, there's going to be different guys. But, yeah, there's there's no way you can count on Pickett in any way. You still don't know what you have or if you have anything. Uh, because uh, he needs a new system to see, to show what he can do. Uh, all the guys have struggled. The offensive line have struggled. They need a new offensive line coach because Pat Meyer's not getting it done. they, they need a lot of things, the wide receiver coach, because the wide receivers are undisciplined. They give lousy effort. Uh, you know, I knew George Pickens is a front runner. I mean, he'll soak up the fans' adulation, and he can ham it up on the sidelines. And we know he's a great winner, but he's a terrible loser. And if he don't sure. get his way, he pouts, and he's very immature. So we want to see growth there. And you need a proper wide receivers coach. Daryl Drake died, uh, was it 2019? Um, um, yeah, I think it was 2019, and the receiver position has went downhill ever since. Chase Claypool was a big baby, very immature, very self-centered. Um, Deontay Johnson's had his moments, and now we got George Pickens. You need somebody who could teach more than just X's and O's, he could teach fundamentals. Uh, and also, you know, team first concepts, uh, because, yes, they're all prima donnas. They're all divas. But some guys are more team first guys than others. And the Steelers really need that. You know, I've got a campaign already. Heinz Ward for wide receivers coach. Now, whether <laughs> yeah. anybody listens, but that's who I'd like to see.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he would definitely bring some toughness and some yep. maturity to the to the to the wide receiver room. That's for sure. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to this team, I think that, uh, you know, there's a spark. There was hope there. I think that Mason Rudolph was able to provide that across the board. Did you hear what the defensive players were saying about him? I mean, these are guys on the opposite side of, you know, of, of the, they're on the defense. They're not on the offense. You know, they were saying they were talking about how great it was for him. And they talk about how poised he was. I think Alex Highsmith spoke about him. Uh, Cam Hayward spoke about him. Uh, a lot of defensive players. And I, I think that speaks a lot. And you saw, what, in my opinion, I thought, I thought we saw the team get elevated by his play on both sides of the field. Like we mentioned before, we had some, you know, some guys there in the middle linebacker position and in, in the safety position. That was a huge concern going into this game that I felt that, Maybe perhaps because of the spark and the offensive, you know, team moving the ball down the field, you know, I, I think that got them to feel a little bit pretty good, and and they went out there and performed, and, and so I think that I, I'm glad for him. I'm glad for the kid, and I, um, I, I hope he does just as well. But we're going to take a quick break when we get back. Uh, we're going to talk more about the uh, the Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we just got a few words from our sponsors. And we're back. Welcome back to the hangover. I'm Daniel along with me and Shannon Shannon. You talked a little bit about your stock up stock down report. Uh, can you kind of give us a little bit of a preview of what, what is to come and, and has it been, Has it, is it out now? You're muted.
1: Sorry about that. I was muted. Yeah. yeah. It came out today at 11 o'clock and, uh, I talked a lot about the Mason Rudolph situation. Um, and how he did give him a spark, and how he deserves to start. Uh, I talked about Jalen Warren being the first undrafted free agent since Willie Parker. There's been two undrafted guys to get put up thousand yard seasons for the Steelers. Now, obviously, that's combined yards, passing. I mean, catching and receiving, running and receiving yards. But he went over a thousand against the Bengals. That's great value in an undrafted free agent. Of course, Fast Willie Parker did it three times. But I think people need to give Warren that credit. Uh, and Alex Highsmith, when the Steelers have had must-win situations, a lot of times Alex Highsmith has come through this year and uh, and has is, is played excellent. And he had another great game uh, Saturday. Uh, the interception was beautiful. Uh, you know, he dove intercepted that ball. It looked like a tight end going across yeah. the middle. So um um and I wrote about piggins and that we didn't really learn anything about piggins because we already knew he could do that, and we knew he's a great front runner. What I'd like to see is late in the game he was on the sidelines and he was making this motion, and then he was going shh, you know, talking about his critics, and he and he was like, Nobody could judge me who ain't one of my peers, and he talked about that all last week. Well, the problem is a lot of his peers are talking about him. His opponents, you know, the, the, and former Steelers are talking about how immature he is. So there is peers. He might not respect our opinion, And I wouldn't either. We're not nobody. But when you got ex-great Steelers and ex-Steeler players, alumni saying that you're an immature, a talented but immature baby, you need to start paying attention. Because part of greatness is reliability. It's it's consistency. It's being a winner. You know, uh, if you're losing by sub points and you score a touchdown and you're celebrating, that's the opposite of being a winner. Uh, so um, I know people. it's easy to handle success. It's tougher to handle adversity. So I'm hoping we'll see the right quarterback coach, and see him, as he does get older, some natural maturity come into the picture. Because I said it in the article, the way having that successful game, a breakout game after that week, it might actually do more harm than it do good in his attitude. Because now he's like, uh, y'all judging me, look what I can do. And it might even make it worse. Because if Tony Brown got to the point, he thought he was like walked on water. He was higher up than anybody else in the organization. And then he becomes jealous of Juju and Ben and anybody that people said that might be on his level. See, I don't want to see that again. You know, that that was like my – Antonio Brown-Ben was my favorite connection. I I loved watching them play. And because of that ego, we were all robbed of what should have been a great ending to their careers together. Darn, and man. so I, I want to see Pickett successful. But I want him to learn a little humility.
0: I agree. I agree. He, It's needed because, you know, this is the NFL. There's going to be some, some you know, um, turbulence along the road. You know, some potholes here and there. And nothing's going to go perfect. He's going to go up against some talented defenses. And he's going to go up against defenses that are going to try to scheme him out of the game. Look at what happened with Pat Fryermuth. He didn't even get a, a, a target this game. So, you know. Did he pout? No, not at all. Did not he at jump all.
1: around complain and complain and make a big scene? I didn't see it.
0: I didn't see it either. You know, uh, he wasn't throwing his helmet either. Yeah, Just, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, yeah, I think he does need to mature. I think he needs to grow up. Uh, but who, who, did you see who was there to celebrate with him on that last touchdown pass, the first one to get there?
1: On the last one?
0: Yeah, on the last one.
1: I don't remember. Was it Warren?
0: It was Warren, yeah. It was Jalen Warren. That oh, did you modest... see
1: his block?
0: Yes, that's oh really my good.
1: gosh. Hey, uh, Geron- uh, Jerome, no, Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine yes. Pratt, he will never live that down. No, that boy got depleted. Yeah, that... he, I mean, that's the ultimate embarrassment for a middle linebacker to come in there and have a five, eight, whatever, uh, running back plant you. I mean, he went up in there. Feet went over his head, and he landed flat on his back. He got depleted. That has to be one of the blocks of the year. has to be.
0: It definitely does. You know, when I saw that, it, it was perfect, not just because of the play and it resulted in a touchdown, mm-hmm. but he was in a position where, you know, he had mentioned before, if I was in the position, you know, yeah. to block for a receiver, I'd be blocking, and he showed how to block and, and how to do so so that you don't get hurt. You know what I mean? Because Did if you anybody he-
1: else see – pratt's soul kind of leave his body for a second i could have sworn i saw like a shadow behind <laughs> Pratt, you know and then i guarantee he gonna back the silence and people wouldn't even look him in the eye you know it's just like the walk of shame nobody wanted to say anything to you
0: Oh no that's got to be a poster somewhere somebody oh, yeah, used to yeah. make that, that, back. that. <laughs> me too yeah no jalen warren had himself uh you know statistically it wasn't the best game, but I thought he played well. He played well blocking for Mason Rudolph. You know, he gave him protection. Mason only got sacked one time for six yards. Uh, and the one sack that he had, there was nobody open down the field. And he held the ball onto a little bit. And, and I, I think he kind of walked into pressure a little bit. He could have yeah, gone he, up yeah, a little yeah, bit more. It, yeah. But even if he did, there was everybody was blanketed. I mean, he would have had to have tried to run or just thrown the ball away. Yeah, yeah. So – um, it, it wasn't that horrible. What were your thoughts on the offensive line? Do you think this was a better game from uh, the guys up front? Uh, to me, I think Dan Moore was, you know, he had his issues still.
1: Oh, um, yeah. I i said last week that I wanted to see uh, Jones move to left tackle and put a core four back in mm-hmm. uh, because Moore is just regressed I I know. I think you might have said you'd like to see him move to guard, where uh, his lack of athleticism won't be as impactful.
0: I, I I don't know if I've said that, but I do agree with I, that. You know, I, I, I think I'm sorry that,
1: about that, guys. I think I think I we lost signal, but
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, can Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, I can hear you now.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just think the Moore's regressed. Uh, He's either going to have to move to guard, as you said, or his lack of foot speed and balance won't be so much an issue. Mm -hmm. But he's getting abused. Uh, But I thought that Rudolph helped the line by, you know, he stayed in the pocket. He showed good pocket presence. He did rush for a first down that one time when the opportunity arose. That was a big play, big Mm -hmm. play. And uh, so the quarterback can help the line. And the one sack, like you said, was a coverage sack. So
0: yeah, I agree. Man, that run though by Mason Rudolph, you know. (laughs) He put his head down. He put his head down, he didn't slide, and he got helicoptered into a first down. I love it. I love it. (laughs) That showed some grit. That showed some toughness, man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, and you know, he he took some hits throwing the ball too. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that one of the you know. I know that early on in his career, you know, um Earl Thomas, you know, knocked him out.
1: Oh, right? that was
0: bad. Yeah. yeah. And he knocked him out. But outside of that, that hit, he, Mason's been able to take a hit. You know what I'm saying? He's been tough. He's been durable. Um, You know, a lot of this game here, he got hit when he was throwing the ball. Yep. You know, he didn't get blasted. It didn't knock him off his feet. He didn't, you know, end up on the ground or any of those things. And, and I think that's because of his size. You know, he's six foot five. He's a big guy.
1: Bigger. Um, yeah. A lot bigger a picket.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, last year I noticed that there was a couple of pictures that had came out in training camp or in OTA or rookie mini camp or right afterwards. And they had Mitch, um, uh, Kenny, and Mason. And Mason looked like a giant, like compared to those guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very I
0: different. was like, man, that's kind of weird. But um, yeah, he's a bigger guy. He was able to absorb those hits. It didn't knock him out of the game or any of those things. Um, I thought he showed his toughness there, you know, especially on that play mm-hmm. and in that moment, um, you know, helped the Steelers. They ended up getting a touchdown, I believe, uh, very shortly afterwards on with a Najee Harris run. Um, I think the offensive line played well. You know, I think Dan Moore is a question mark. Uh, Mason Cole.
1: He's the problem. Was,
0: yeah, he is a problem. There was some snaps as well that were. All
1: of them. <laughs> everything's low and to the right. Yeah. Mason keeps having to bend over. You don't want your quarterback to bend over to receive the snap.
0: Yeah. I think the reason why the chant was Mason Rudolph is nobody wants to confuse Mason Rudolph for <laughs> Mason Cole chants. You know?
1: yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's, that's another issue there. But yeah, I agree with you moving, moving Broderick Jones to 11, bringing Chiefs core four. I think that would help out this offensive line. I think, having Broderick Jones next to say Omalu would help both of them. You know, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, because Samwell is a little bit older in age, he doesn't have to assist Broderick Jones as much as he needs to assist with, with Dan Moore. And, and I think that affects his, his play on the field. You know, when, when Dan Moore went down with an injury and and Broderick Jones came in, I thought the play of both Omalu and yeah. the left tackle increased. And so, uh, I would like to see that as well. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, what were your thoughts, though, just kind of going back to the rushing? You know, Najee Harris had 19 rushes, 78 yards, 13 long. Jalen Warren had eight for 24. Mason had two for four. Calvin had the jet sweep, one for seven in a TD, 113 yards across the board. Um, you know, was that what you were expecting, a little bit subpar, or, or what, what are your thoughts on the rushing game?
1: Oh, I think the rushing game would have had uh, – a better day more like their last game mm-hmm. if the Steelers hadn't scored so quickly on those big plays. Uh, so, you know, there was multiple, um, drives that were short, you know, drives, uh, big play passes. So, yeah. uh, I think you, you can't really judge the, the total yardage rushing yards total because they didn't really have as many opportunities. Uh, if you give Warren enough carries, he's going to break one for 15, 20. Uh, Harris has done much better this year with explosive type runs uh, over 10 yards. And uh, he has, he has as many this year as his first two years combined. So he has improved in that regard. So I thought the running game uh, would have been able to establish themselves more if the but there was no need because the passing game was so efficient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. That 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 makes sense that because of the passing game and um I thought that Najee Harris though played a little bit better as far as rushing the ball. You know, I, I think that against the Bengals the last time as well that he 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 played he was a better rusher than Jalen Warren in those two games and I think he had like a hundred and or ninety nine yards in that game yeah, too.
1: Almost at 100, yeah, almost had hundred. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think Jalen Warren had somewhere around 40 as well. Uh, But, yeah, I I like the rushing game. I think it's going in the right direction. Uh, You know, I think that the utilization from the tight ends was kind of, you know, crazy. I I understood that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to try to take out the tight ends. uh, But to see not even a target for like Pat Fryermuth was was um, was surprising. Do you think that the tight ends are going to be more utilized in this game against Seattle?
1: I think they'll have to be because Seattle's not going to do, do, make that same mistake the Bengals did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will try to take away pickets. So it's going to, it's going to be more slow, methodical drives. We're going to have to establish the running game and then work play action uh, and get Friar Muth in the middle of the field. So I, that's what I expect. That's what needs to happen mm-hmm. for them to be successful this week. Uh, because uh, I, have, I have no doubt that Seattle's going to take away pickets.
0: Yeah, that, that's probably the first player that I would try yep. to take away as well. Yep. You know, if I was going up against the Steelers after seeing what he was able to do and and given the um, the highlights that he's put on the season, and there's always been that question like, you know, is it the offensive coach? Is it the quarterback? And, mm. you know, if he had one or the other, you know, he could have himself a, uh, a career. And, you know, in, in this game here, 190-some-odd yards, you know, two touchdowns, just a a deep threat. You know, I, the the routes were different for him though as well. Uh, you know, I think that was pr- probably game planning or scheme against what the Bengals were probably going to do. I mean, got to give it up to Terrell Lawson on that one. What do you think about Terrell Austin's uh, game planning scheme against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Yeah, I mean, he showed a lot uh, in the coverage, especially uh-huh. because they're missing so many people. I mean, they're just gutted. I mean, both – all your starting inside linebackers and all your safeties. So you're having a mismatch. You know, Eric Rowe is out there for the first half, and he's starting. Patrick Peterson is your other starting safety. Now, he's familiar with the defense, but he's not been playing safety, not as a starter. So um, they showed a lot of what looked like that soft matchup zone that they like to do that I hate. But what they were doing is they were disguising it, making it look like normal. And then they were dropping into zones. So all three interceptions were guys come off of their original, what looked to be their cover and faded into the zone for the interception. So uh, Browning said he was just confused. He really didn't uh, recognize what he seen until he'd already released the ball. So uh, that was a a very – a very smart maneuver by Austin. I'm a, I've am been a big critic of his, uh, but I also will give him praise that he has a skeleton crew right now and he did something creative, something mm-hmm. unexpected to win the game.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And those guys are going to be playing, are going up against some pretty stout receivers and tight ends uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. I think this game, I mean, you know, last week they are going up against Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and, and they're tied end as well. But, um, I mean, they're going to be going up against D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, Jigba. And at tight end, they have Noah Fant and Will Disley, who, who has been a, a thorn to the Steelers' defense uh, in the past. You know, are you concerned that this game could go a little bit different than what we've seen? Especially, you know, you're probably looking at Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith is going to be a better quarterback, a smarter quarterback with the mm-hmm. football than than what we saw with Browning. I don't think Geno Smith is going to make those mistakes in the red zone uh, and, and and take points off the board in those situations. So, so what are your thoughts about what the Steelers are going to have to do against this um, offense that we're going to see with Seattle?
1: Oh, I fully expect a different game. Uh, As me and you talked before the show, uh, in the pre-show, I'm very concerned. Uh, Geno Smith is, if you watch his his film, he is one of the best at anticipating. Uh, He throws to where the receiver is going to end up, not where he is. Uh, He leads guys. He'll throw it before their break. And his receivers know to get to the spot and the ball will be there. Um, he had a big game early in the game. Uh, I think, uh, Gino was against the Ravens, if I remember. And, um, he was throwing the ball cause he was getting that pressure. Uh, you know, because was the Ravens were playing real aggressive press coverage and he was putting the arch on the ball and dropping it into zones and where his receiver was running through it. It was incredible. It was one of the most incredible performances I've watched all year by a quarterback. And that's, you know, what is he now, an eight-year veteran? That's the kind of growth that you see from a guy like Geno because I watched him at WVU his whole career. And I was a big Geno fan. But he did not have that when he first came in the NFL. He was a spot thrower. You know, he could lead a guy really good. And, you know, let you know throw him a catchable ball where he could run with it. But he was not good at anticipating uh, where the opening was to throw it to a spot. Well, now he's very accurate. And if he gets a mismatch with one of our linebackers on Fant or Disley, Disley I'm I'm afraid he's going to drop it over and they're going to have a lot of room to roam. So um, I, I want to have faith that the Steeler defense is going to match up with these three really good receivers and two good tight ends. And don't forget Frank Walker. They got a really good running back. Uh, This is a concern and on the road with a decimated Steelers defense. So if the Steelers could bend, but maybe hold them to some field goals, you know, keep them out of the end zone, and then uh, be able to score more points, I think it could be a competitive game. But if the Steelers' offense struggles, I'm afraid the defense is going to give up too many points for them to be competitive.
0: No, I agree with you there. The, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense yeah. that has gone through a lot of injuries. You know they're depleted. Last week they played well. Uh, this is going to be a challenge for them. Is you know my concern is going to be um, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba and the tight ends. You know the Steelers have done well with kind of locking down one of the receivers. It's always that second or third receiver and the tight end that kind of give the Steelers trouble. I think that uh, we're probably going to see Joy Porter Jr. follow DK Metcalf around.
1: That's Uh, going to be a battle. Yeah. That is going to be a battle. The only thing that concerns me is Porter don't have the frame yet to handle Metcalf. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to grab him. Yeah. And hopefully he don't get too many penalties because Metcalf is a beast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Porter changes his gloves and he starts wearing the, yeah. <laughs> the same color gloves as the opposite jersey team's jersey. <laughs> yeah, he needs to do something like that. I, I, maybe even the sleeves, too, because <laughs> he's he's showing up too much on that. But, yeah, you know, the other part that kind of concerns me is the speed. You know, DK Metcalf being a four four guy, um, Joey Porter you know, in the 40 didn't, you know, get there. Um, you know, he got a four-five, but Metcalf has shown that he has speed on the uh, you know, on the field as well. So that's the one part that's kind of concerning, but I do think that Joey Porter's gonna have to get physical with him at the line of scrimmage. Oh, I have to, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good matchup to to watch. Uh, we're probably expecting to see Levi Wallace out there. And that one's gonna be my big concern, and also, you know, the 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 slot cornerback. Uh, Sullivan has been playing. He was there. He played significant amount against the Bengals. Um, how confident are you in those two players going up against Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Yeah,
1: that was why I said I'm real concerned. Um, <laughs> honestly, honestly, Daniel, I uh, not only do I think Wallace is done mm-hmm. with the scores, I'm wondering if he's not done, period, yeah. because I think he coming out of college is undrafted. He run a 4-6 something, and he don't run that now. And uh, he gets torched. He can't cover anybody. I've watched tight ends run away from him. Uh, it's it's just not good. And Ed Sullivan was the worst corner on one of the worst defenses in, in football last year in Minnesota. And, um, you know, he can make a play when he's coming forward being aggressive, but in coverage, you know, he's worse than Hilton. You know, Hilton, yeah. that was his weakness, and Sullivan's even worse. So, um, again, while they do not play Darius Rush, at least give him a chance. This is a great week to give him a chance because you need somebody with size, length, and speed to stay with these receivers for the Seahawks. And Darius Rush and Porter have all three. Nobody else does. So, I'd like to see him. just say, Darius Rush, Match up with Lockett, match up with Smith and Ajigma, and just don't let him catch the ball. Just, you know, no other responsibility. Just pressing. And see what he can do, because I'm telling you, they're going to eat Wallace's lunch.
0: Yeah. Pass rush is definitely also going to have to help out as well. We're going to have to see a game from T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Um, Again. And, and, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because if they give these guys too much time, it's going to be horrible. It'll be it'll be a bad show. So this, the defense is gonna have to step up to the plate. Offense is probably gonna have to hold on to the ball quite a bit, you know. Um that way they can keep the defense rested and they
1: have to protect it, yes.
0: Yeah, and protect the ball, you know, don't turn it over. Uh things like that. Who do you think, in your opinion, you know, has to have in themselves a game in order for the Steelers to win on defense? One player. On defense. Yeah, one player on defense. Who has uh, to have himself a game?
1: Uh well, I mean, you can pick Watt or Highsmith. Um, mm-hmm. because I believe that if there's going to be any game changing plays, drive killers, uh force fumbles, uh, huge sacks, it's gonna come from them too. Yeah. And um, so to me it's all the answer is always what if I have to pick one guy yeah. because you just know he's gonna make a play eventually. Yeah. Will it be enough? And that's why it's going to be up to the offense to score enough to make it relevant. But uh, yeah, and then I'll, I'll say this on offense: um, I think it has to be the offensive line. Seattle has more pass rush than they used to have. They've mm-hmm. they've done a good job. It's been a multitude of guys. It ain't. They don't have like a wide or a highsmith, but they have. They get sacks through coverage a lot, and just relentless effort from the young guys. So I would. I think the offensive line is going to have to step up, establish that running game, and put uh, Rudolph and the passing game in good situations. Uh, if they do, I think they can be competitive. But but if they can't run the ball, the Steelers are in trouble.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, but I think the Steelers are going to be all right. I think I, I'm very confident in this game for some reason. You know, maybe maybe it's just, you know, Biasness or or whatever recent recent you know recently seeing what they were able to do against the Cincinnati Bengals, but I think that you know this team is rejuvenated. I think they got a spark, and and I'm I'm confident that they're going to go out there and and play very well this week. I'm not thinking they're going to put up thirty something points again, but uh, they I might think have
1: gonna...
0: to. Yeah, you're right. They might have to.
1: They got they I... got as you said they got momentum.
0: Yeah, and, and and they got the players that are capable of doing so. Yeah. You know, I mean, they showed if it. The this offensive
1: capacity. line, See, that offensive line is the key to everything. Yeah, It has, it's been a weakness for three years or at least. And it's not been the strength we thought it was going to be this year, but that offensive line has got to come through.
0: You know, the fact that they don't, you know, uh, throw somebody else out there in the center position. Uh, does that, does that show a lack of confidence in the depth behind them? I know that Spencer Anderson was a guy that, um you had like coming out of the out of the draft as a possible center for the future. Um and there's also Herbig who's you know, I, I saw one you know when he was you know, snapping the ball during uh before a game once and it didn't look that much better than what Mason Cole was doing, but I think his blocking could be better. Um you know what 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 are your thoughts there? Do you think that you know why haven't the Steelers tried somebody else there in the center position?
1: I think they're they really value Cole's communications. And you know, when he's calling out stuff pre-stamp and, and pointing out this guy's your your blitzer and different things, but um I'm like you. I mean Herbig will not get bulldozed. Uh back into the quarterback's lap like Cole repetitively does. Um, you said he's bad at snapping the ball. Uh you witnessed it training camp. Well, uh Cole's bad at snapping the ball too. I, I like your original you know, uh, observation or candidate, Spencer Anderson. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was very solid in the preseason. That's preseason. But I I guess he hasn't shown them enough at practice that they feel confident enough to play him, barring injury. Uh, But I would love to see him get an opportunity. Uh, I don't think you can snap much worse than what we've seen this year. And Mm -hmm. um, I know he's strong and he's bigger than Cole. So I think he would hold up better on the middle. Uh, I'm like you. I I don't want to change guys all the time. I understand you want, ke- you know, some cohesiveness and to build chemistry. But if the guy you're playing isn't getting the job done, it's the definition of insanity. You keep putting him out there, expecting different results. And it's been the same all year. Cole has is, is been a weakness, as is Dan Moore Jr. And But we're going to see that change this offseason.
0: You know, I hope they bring in somebody this offseason on the offensive line side, Uh, I think, and I hope that they move on from Pat Meyer. You know, his offensive scheme or the offensive line scheme has not, in my opinion, been the best. I I know it kind of, you know, the running game kind of turned around towards the end last year, but. You know, just seeing what, like, for instance, uh, Kevin Dodson's been able to do out there in Los Angeles, what Kendrick Green was able to do in Houston before he got hurt, um, you know, playing positions that they were more comfortable with. You know, they they both said that's where they were more comfortable with one being Mm -hmm. on guard or both of them being the right guard. And, you know, the Steelers have done this thing where they move people out of position. I mean,
1: and they never move them back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, James Daniels played center. In, in college, I think that was Our, his position. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, he could be the best bet that's out there for that position. Uh, Mason Cole with the uh, Minnesota Vikings was more of a guard than a center. He played a couple of games at center because of injury, but he was the—I uh, think I believe he was like a backup guard and the backup center,
1: backup swingman. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he was kind of moved all over the place. So he wasn't even a starter there. I just feel that maybe perhaps if you're able to move James Daniels and if he's able to snap the ball better and and, and I'm not saying do that this year, obviously, because you know you, you it's kind of late in the season to do that. But if you were to do that in the offseason, um, I, I think that would lessen the need for a center. What do you think?
1: Um Daniels bounced back. He had his worst game as a Stiller uh against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was bad. I couldn't believe it was the same guy. Now, he bounced back this week and played much better. Um, but if he's if it's still – you know, they need to have a conversation. Uh, first get a new offensive line coach and then have a decision to make leading into the free agency in the draft. Uh, if Daniels is willing and interested in moving to center full-time, uh, he was very good at Iowa. He was All-American. hmm And uh, I would be all for it. I didn't want to move him, but I think, you know, a lot of times it's easier to find a quality guard than it is a quality center. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I really like three centers coming out in this class, especially Zach Frazier from WVU. Uh, But he won't be ready right at the beginning of the season because he got hurt towards the end of the college year, Mm Torrey's ACL. So uh, he wouldn't be an immediate answer, but you could probably get him in the third or the fourth round now since he hurt his knee. And I think he could be the center of the future. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that Daniels is definitely a possibility. But I wanted to say one thing real quick. The Steelers, uh, under Kevin Colbert towards the end, they did everything backwards. They pick up a running back in a tight end with no offensive line. Then they, they get a new offensive coordinator who is a zone-blocking coordinator with a power running back that you picked in the first round. And you asked Harris to get out wide on some of them wide zone runs. And he struggles with that, especially if he has to go lateral. Um, They do so many things that they put this. Uh, it's one thing to get talented free agents and talented draft picks, but you got to get guys that fit together and fit your scheme. The Steelers, the last five years under Colbert were terrible at getting guys that fit their scheme. Now this draft class, that con and all they brought in. Now the free agent guys wasn't quite as strong that they brought in, but the draft Mm -hmm. class was, I think the Steelers have a vision. Well, now you got to get an offensive coordinator who fits your vision, you know, and then you got to get an offensive line coach whose style fits the offensive coordinator. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They got to put things together. That makes sense because it's like putting together a puzzle, and and the Steelers have lost sight of that under Kevin Colbert. But I have faith and hope for the future because of Connor Waddle.
0: I do too. I mean, I, after seeing this draft alone and what who they were able to pick up, and you know, a lot of players fell to them as well. I'm not. I'm not sure if the uh, Steelers would have picked these players though under um, Kevin Colbert. Uh, who knows? But I, I do think that this draft here. That was one of the better ones in a while. You know, I do think that the free agency, it may not have planned out or panned out as great as we thought it was going to be, but I think injuries played a lot of role into that or a toll into why the free agents didn't, you know, make that impact. I think Sam Walu was – he's been all right. I mean, maybe a little bit uh, less than what everybody was expecting. I think people were expecting more. You know, But but
1: Holcomb, Alexander – excellent yeah. roberts excellent yeah. uh sullivan not uh you know what i'm saying it's it's kind of 50-50 yeah but but uh but you know i mean that happens
0: yeah yeah and and i think that this one will be even better that was their first one together you know yep. what i'm saying yep. so this time they're, they're they're a little bit more familiar with the process if we don't
1: lose waddle oh yeah cuz i think it's the commanders that are looking at him for their gm position yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, i then... would
1: lock him up
0: I would too, but how yeah. would you?
1: I mean, he's the well, I mean, make him uh, make him co gems Hey, it's about yeah. the money. Make yeah. him co gems <laughs> because he's as important to their scouting department as all the new guys they got in their scouting department. Yeah. Widel is the head of that. Con is the money man. Con is he knows the stiller way, but Widel is the town evaluator, especially yeah. the round bellies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I hope he stays. I hope nobody takes him away. I hope
1: so. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I thought them two did very well together this past draft, this past free agency. Um, looking forward to what they're going to do this, uh, you know, in this draft and in this free agency that's going to be coming up, uh, because we're going to need a couple of those, you know, a couple of good ones in a row to be where we want the Steelers to be. Uh, you know, you don't miss in the draft x amount of times in the first round and think that one draft is going to fix that or one free agency is yeah. going to fix that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, they got some work to do, but I think that they, they might be a little bit closer than we we suspect if we'll see, we'll see. Uh, this game's not over. The season's not over yet. The Steelers still have a chance. They need some help. Uh, I think <laughs> that what is it? Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Houston all need to lose at least one more game out of the next two. Is that yes. correct? Yes and and Houston and and the Colts play each other. So one of those things is going <laughs> to
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's still a chance, you know, this could be one of those situations back back in um what was it? 21 when the Steelers went in.
1: That was uh, crazy. Had to have a tie and it happened
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's still a chance. Um before we let everybody go, let us know what you have going on for the rest of the week there Shannon.
1: Well, uh, of course, uh, Wednesday. I'm not sure if, if Brother Kevin Tate's going to be able to be there on the pump your brakes, but me and and Big G will be. Hmm. Uh, hopefully, Kevin, he might be doing the show from Florida because that's where he is oh, right nice. now. He went down, you know, to see family at Christmas. But, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that and looking forward to it. And then my random observations article uh, should be Friday at eleven.
0: Nice. Nice. I am. I have the state of the Steelers episode on the audio only podcast side of steel curtain network. That's going to be airing out on Friday, previewing the upcoming matchup between the the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, You can only get that on the audio side only. So go check out where, you know, where we get podcasts, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify or or anywhere else, just search up Steel curtain network. Um, But with that being said, I want to say thank you to everybody. Hope you guys had a great and wonderful Christmas tonight. Uh, Big Bro and Dave Schofield are going to be on still. Don't want to miss it. Yes. Uh, with that being said, Shannon, take us out.